वेरी गुड मॉर्निंग टू ऑल आर लिस्नर्स एंड अ वॉर्म वेलकम टू आर प्रोग्राम ऑफ विज्ञान प्रसाद लेट मी एक्सटेंड एन इन्विटेशन टू ऑल ऑफ यू टू बी एन एक्टिव पार्टिसिपेंट ऑन दिस प्रोग्राम वॉट फीचर्स नाउ इज अ कॉन्वर्सेशन बिटवीन टू फ्रेंड्स माई सेल्फ परन जॉय एंड माई फ्रेंड रूपा एंड वी आर गोइंग टू टॉक अबाउट द ब्राइटेस्ट स्टार द सन Hi Paranjay why are you feeling lazy till late why didn't you get up I'm feeling sleepy as I was awake the whole night preparing my notes but I think there's something still left Wake up yaar it's bright sunshine you are now still sleeping Oh that reminds me of the notes to be prepared for my next project concerning the sun I will have to race against time what to do Don't worry give me your books I have studied something about the stars and the planet system I'll be able to help you. In the meantime, you may freshen up. Thank you, dear. These are the books. You may go through them, and I will be back with you in a short while. Now sit down, and we will start our project. But before we start, do you have some idea about the sun and its distance from the Earth? I know that the sun is the closest star to us and is at a distance of approximately 150 million kilometers from the Earth. You should also know. that the sun is a few hundred thousand times closer to us than the next nearest star and because of its proximity astronomers are able to study our star in much much greater detail than they can the other stars but rupa tell me what is the source of energy of the sun and how do you determine the age of the sun the sun is a g2 main sequence star that has been shining for almost 5 billion years It is known from radioactive dating of the earth, moon and the meteorites that these objects have been around for about that length of time and temperatures on the surface of the earth have been pleasant since it formed. The sun's energy has made this possible. The process called nuclear fusion is now known to be the source of the sun's enormous energy as well as other stars. This is a relatively recent discovery. However, Using simple physical principles of gas physics astronomers knew about the density and temperature structure of the interior of the stars long before they unlocked the secrets to what could power them for so long we know that the sun is by far the biggest star in the solar system but can you give us some idea about its distance from earth its diameter mass as compared to that of the earth From its angular size of about 0.5 degrees and its distance of almost 150 million kilometers its diameter is determined to be 13 lakh 92000 kilometers this is equal to 109 earth diameters and almost 10 times the size of the largest planet jupiter all of the planets orbit the sun because of its enormous gravity it has about 3 lakh 33000 times the earth's mass and is over 1000 times as massive as jupiter it has so much mass that it is able to pr- produce its own light this feature is what distinguishes stars from planets that means the ability to produce its own light is what distinguishes stars from planets buddy you are right scientists have by now also studied the constituents of the sun's interior and i would appreciate if you could throw some light on this why not spectroscopy shows that hydrogen makes up about 94% of the solar material helium makes up about 6% of the sun and all the other elements make up just 0.13% with oxygen carbon and nitrogen 
the three most abundant metals, they make up 0.11%. In astronomy, any atom heavier than a helium is called a metal atom. The sun also has traces of neon, sodium, magnesium, aluminium, silicon, phosphorus, sulfur, potassium and iron. The percentages quoted here are by the relative numbers of atoms. If you use the percentage by mass, you find that hydrogen makes up 78.5% of the sun's mass, helium 19.7%, oxygen 0.86%, carbon 0.4%, iron 0.14% and the other elements are 0.54%. But Rupa, how do you describe the interior of the sun? I have heard that it is extremely hot, like molten rock. The innermost part of the sun is called core. The core is innermost 10% of the sun's mass. It is where the energy from nuclear fusion is generated. Because of the enormous amount of gravity compression from all the layers above it, the core is very hot and dense. Nuclear fusion requires extremely high temperatures and densities. The sun's core is about 16 million K and has a density around 160 times the density of water. This is about 20 times denser than the dense metal iron which has a density of only 7 times that of water. However, the sun's interior is still gaseous all the way to the very center because of the extreme temperatures. But there is no molten rock like that found in the interior of the earth as you mentioned. But wouldn't it be better if you tell us a little bit about different parts of the sun? Yes, I was coming to that, but you interrupted midway. Starting from the center and moving outwards, the sun is divided into four parts, namely core, radiative zone, convective zone and the sun's surface. We have talked about the core. Let us discuss the other parts of the sun, buddy. The radiative zone is where the energy is transported from the super hot interior to the colder outer layers by photons. Technically, this also includes the core. The radiative zone includes the inner approximately 85% of the sun's radius. Energy in the outer 15% of the sun's radius is transported by the bulk motions of gas in a process called convection. At cooler temperatures, hmm. more ions are able to block the outward flow of photon radiation more effectively. So, nature kicks in convection to help the transport of energy from the very hot interior to the cold space. This part of the sun just below the surface is called the convection zone. The deepest layer of the sun you can see is the photosphere. The word photosphere means light sphere. It is called the surface of the sun because at the top of it, the photons are finally able to escape to space. The photosphere is about 500 kilometers thick. Remember that the sun is totally gaseous so, the surface is not something you could land or float on. It is a dense enough gas that you cannot see through it. It emits a continuous spectrum. Several methods of measuring the temperature all determine that the sun's photospheres has a temperature of about 5840 K. Rupa one has heard about sunspots. If the surface of the sun is so bright, then how can there be spots on the sun's surface? You are right, but Galileo was first to discover that the sun's surface is sprinkled with small dark regions called sunspots. 
Sunspots are cooler regions on the photosphere since they are 1000 to 1500 K cooler than the rest of the photosphere they do not emit as much light and appear darker. They can last a few days to a few months. Galileo used the longer lasting sunspots to map the rotation pattern of the sun. Because the sun is gaseous not all part of it rotate at the same rate. The solar equator rotates once every 25 days while regions at 30 degrees above and below the equator take 26.5 days to rotate and regions at 60 degrees from equator take up to 30 days to rotate. Animation begins with sunspots at different latitudes lined up. The sequence end after one rotation of the equator. The sunspots near the poles have not appeared yet and the animation starts over. Hundreds of years of observing the sunspots on the sun shows the number of sunspots varies in a cycle with an average period of 11 years. At the start of a sunspot cycle, the number of sunspots is at a minimum and most of them are at around 35 degrees from the solar equator. At solar maximum, when the sunspot number peaks about 5.5 years later, most of the sunspots are within just 5 degrees of the solar equator. Rupa, we are proceeding at a very fast pace. I hope you don't mind if we take a short break now. Not at all. You are most welcome to do, but do come back quickly. In the meantime, I'll flip through your notes and books so to see more of sun and sunspots. Okay. Prasar, an autonomous organization under the Department of Science and Technology, Government of India, was set up in 1989 to undertake large-scale science popularization tasks in India. Vigyan Prasar aims to promote and propagate a widely as possible a scientific and rational outlook in the society. After the break. Hi Rupa. How do the solar surfaces look when you inspect it from close quarters? High resolution observation of the solar surface show a honeycomb pattern called granulation made of bright spots of convection 700 to 1000 kilometers across. Hot gas rises in the middle of each granule bringing energy from the interior to the surface and sinks back down on the border of a granule. The hot gas Rising in the center is brighter than the cooler gas sinking at the borders. Each granule will last for about 8 minutes. Tell me Rupa, how does the change in temperature take place from the core to the surface of the sun? Moving outward from the core to the surface of the sun, the temperature and density of the gas decreases. This trend in the density continues outward in the sun's atmosphere. However, the temperature increases above the photosphere. But how does the temperature increase above the photosphere in the absence of a reaction? The cause of the temperature increase is not known, but a couple of popular theories invoke sonic waves or magnetic waves to heat the atmosphere. Rupa, uh, what happens to radiations during solar eclipses? During solar eclipses, a thin pink layer can be seen at the edge of the dark moon. This colorful layer is called the chromosphere. It means color sphere. This chromosphere is only 2000 to 3000 kilometers thick. Its temperature rises outward away from the photosphere. Because it has a low density, you see emission lines of hydrogen mostly at the red wavelength of 656.3 nanometers. 
and what happens during a total solar eclipse. When the new moon covers up the photosphere during a total solar eclipse, you can see the pearly white corona around the dark moon. This is the rarefied upper atmosphere of the sun. It has a very high temperature of 1 to 2 million Kelvin. Despite its high temperature, it has a low amount of heat because it is so tenuous. I have heard that the corona is very hot because it has ions with many electrons removed from atoms. And by the process of ionization, the atoms collide with each other with such energy to eject electrons at such high temperature. You have very rightly explained the phenomena of ionization inside the sun's chromosphere. In fact, at very high temperatures, atoms like iron can have 9 to 13 electrons ejected. 9 times ionized iron is only produced at temperatures of 1.3 million K and 13 times ionized iron means the temperature gets up to 2.3 million K. During strong solar activity, the temperatures can reach 3.6 million K and lines from 14 times ionized calcium are seen. Could some idea be gathered about to know the duration of the sun and how long the sun would be releasing this kind of energy? Yes, but to find out how long the sun would last, you need to find out how much energy the sun has stored in its account and know how fast it makes withdrawals on its account. The amount of time it would last is the amount of energy stored divided by the rate of withdrawal. That is, lifetime is equal to energy stored divided by consumption rate is equal to E, that is stored oblique luminosity. Makes sense, right? If the, sense, the sun could use all of its hydrogen to make water, the chemical reactions would only power the sun for about 18,000 years. However, the amount of oxygen is much less than the hydrogen. So the chemical reactions can power the sun for only 30 years. This doesn't explain the number of years the sun has been releasing energy to mankind. And one has been witnessing sunshine, sunrise and sunset for so long. Yes, you are right. We need a reaction with a higher efficiency. How about the ultimate inefficiency? A complete matter to energy conversion with 100% efficiency. Such a reaction could power the sun for 10 to the power 13 years. Unfortunately, there are problems with this because the number of heavy particles, protons and neutrons in the sun must stay the same and protons are extremely stable. They do not spontaneously change into energy photons. But as you have mentioned, the number of heavy particles in the sun must stay the same and protons, as you mentioned, are extremely stable as they don't change into energy spontaneously. So we should be looking for some other explanation for the kind of energy being generated in the sun. Yes, but even gravitational contraction does not power the sun long enough. What is gravitational contraction? Yes, this is a fancy way of referring to the converting of the potential energy of the falling layers of kinetic energy. When you hold a rock above the ground, it has stored energy, that is potential energy. It has the potential to do some work. The stored energy is released as you let it fall. The rock gets kinetic energy because it is moving. Kinetic energy can heat things up. This is what would happen to the layers of the sun if they were to fall inward towards the center of the sun. The gas would be compressed and therefore would heat up. In addition to the expected heating, the gas would also radiate light. Until the beginning of the century, this was the idea physicists strongly argued for. The gravitational energy with an efficiency of 1 by 
10,000 of 1% could power the sun for 30 million years, nice long time except for the nagging but ever louder criticism of the biologist who needed more time for evolution to occur and the geologist who preferred the idea of an unlimited age for the earth but would stomach something like a few billion years for the age of the earth. A good article on the age of the earth debate is in the Scientific American August 1989 pages 90 to 96. Note it down please. Eventually, physicists had to change their minds about the age of the sun and earth as radioactive dating indicated a 4.6 billion year age for the solar system and therefore the sun. It was the fact that the sun could not last long enough being powered by gravitational contraction that motivated the search for nuclear power sources. Even gravitational contraction could not explain certain facts like the age, for instance, of the sun. The scientists must be now looking at various other theories to explain the huge amount of energy being released by the sun since uh, for such a long, long period of time. Yes, you are right, buddy. Now, scientists believe that nuclear power is the only thing left to power the sun for so long as it has been shining. There are two types possible fusion and fission. They both transform the nucleus of an atom into another type of nucleus. Fission produces energy by breaking up massive nuclei like uranium into less massive nuclei like helium and lead. Fusion produces energy by fusing together light nuclei like hydrogen to make more massive nuclei like helium. Atomic power plants and the atom bomb use fission to get the energy. Stars and hydrogen bombs use fusion. That was very interesting and informative. I must thank you and express my gratitude to you for explaining this topic to me in such detail. I hope it will help you prepare your project well. Anything else I can do for you? No thanks. This is more than sufficient. I will let you know as and when I need it. You are most welcome. Okay. Let's take a short break now. We'll meet after the break. Okay. But do come back quickly. We'll start. Radio popularization is a major activity of Vigyan Prasar. Vigyan Prasar, jointly with National Council for Science and Technology Communication, NCSTC has established an amateur radio club, VU2NCT. The importance of ham radio cannot be overemphasized during the natural calamities like floods or earthquakes. Welcome back after the break. Friends, this was the conversation which revealed many interesting facts about the sun. In fact, the sun is the closest star existing in the solar system. Because of its proximity, astronomers are able to study our star in much, much greater detail than they can other stars. The sun is a G2 type main sequence star that has been shining for almost 5 billion years. It is known from radioactive dating of the Earth, Moon and meteorites that these objects have been around for about that length of time and temperatures on the surface of the Earth have been pleasant since it formed. The Sun's energy has made this possible. The process called nuclear fusion is now known to be the source of the Sun's enormous energy as well as other stars. This is a relatively recent discovery. However, using simple physical principles of gas physics, astronomers knew about the density and temperature structure of the interior of the stars long before they unlocked the secret to what 
could power them for so long. From its angular size of about 0.5 degrees and its distance of almost 150 million kilometers, its diameter is determined to be 13,92,000 kilometers. This is equal to 109 Earth diameters and almost 10 times the size of the largest planet, Jupiter. All of the planets orbit the Sun because of its enormous gravity. It has about 333,000 times the Earth's mass and is over 1,000 times as massive as Jupiter. It has so much mass that it is able to produce its own light. This feature is what distinguishes stars from planets. Spectroscopy shows that hydrogen makes up about 94% of the solar material, helium makes up about 6% of the sun, and all the other elements make up just 0.13% with oxygen, carbon, and nitrogen, the three most abundant metals that make up 0.11%. In astronomy, any atom heavier than helium is called a metal atom. The sun also has traces of neon, sodium, magnesium, aluminium, silicon, phosphorus, sulfur, potassium, and iron. The percentages quoted here are by the relative number of atoms. If you use the percentage by mass, you find that hydrogen makes about 78.5% of the sun's mass, helium 19.7%, oxygen 0.86%, carbon 0.4%, iron 0.14% and the other elements are 0.54%. The core is the innermost 10% of the sun's mass. It is where the energy from nuclear fusion is generated. Because of the enormous amount of gravity compression from all of the layers above it, the core is very hot and dense. Nuclear fusion requires extremely high temperatures and densities. The sun's core is about 16 million K and has a density around 160 times the density of water. This is over 20 times denser than the dense metal iron which has a density of only 7 times that of water. The radiative zone is where the energy is transported from the super hot interior to the colder outer layers by photons. Technically this also includes the core. The radiative zone includes the inner approximately 85% of the sun's radius. Energy in the outer 15% of the sun's radius is transported by the bulk motions of gas in a process called convection. At cooler temperatures more ions are able to block the outward flow of photon radiation more effectively. So nature kicks in convection to help the transport of energy from the very hot interior to the cold space. This part of the sun just below the surface is called the convection zone. The deepest layer of the sun is the photosphere. The word photosphere means light sphere. It is called the surface of the sun because at the top of it, the photons are finally able to escape to space. The photosphere is about 500 kilometers thick. Remember that the sun is totally gaseous. So the surface is not something you could land or float on. It is a dense enough gas that you cannot see through it. It emits a continuous spectrum. Several methods of measuring the temperature all determine that the sun's photosphere has a temperature of about 5840 K. The sun's surface is sprinkled with small dark regions called sunspots. Sunspots are cooler regions on the photosphere. Since they are 1000 to 1500 K cooler than the rest of the photosphere, they do not emit as much light and appear darker. At solar maximum, there are more prominences and solar flares. Prominences are bright clouds of gas forming above the sunspots that follow the magnetic field line loops. So-called quiet ones 
form in the corona, the sun's atmosphere, about 40,000 kilometers above the surface. Sometimes they form loops of hydrogen gas as the gas follows the loops in the magnetic field. Quiet prominences last several days to several weeks. Surge prominences lasting up to a few hours shoot gas up to 300,000 kilometers above the photosphere. Solar flares are eruptions more powerful than surge prominences. A flare is shown in the sun plus planets montage above. They will last only a few minutes to a few hours. A lot of ionized material is ejected in a flare. Unlike the material in prominence, the solar flare material moves with enough energy to escape the sun's gravity. When this burst of ions reaches the earth, it interferes with radio communication. Sometimes a solar flare will cause voltage pulses or surges in power and telephone lines. Brownouts or blackouts may result. Humans traveling outside the protection of the earth's magnetic field will need to have shielding from the powerful ions in a flare. Moving outward from the core to the surface of the sun, the temperature and density of the gas decreases. This trend in the density continues outward in the sun's atmosphere. However, the temperature increases above the photosphere. During solar eclipses, a thin pink layer can be seen at the edge of the dark moon. This colorful layer is called the chromosphere. It means color sphere. The chromosphere is only 2000 to 3000 kilometers thick. Its temperature rises outward away from the photosphere. Because it has a low density, you see emission lines of hydrogen, mostly at the red wavelength of 656.3 nanometers. When the new moon covers up the photosphere during a total solar eclipse, you can see the pearly white corona around the dark moon. This is the rarefied upper atmosphere of the sun. It has a very high temperature of 1 to 2 million Kelvin. Despite its high temperature, it has a low amount of heat because it is so tenuous. The corona is known to be very hot because it has ions with many electrons removed from the atoms. At high enough temperatures, the atoms collide with each other with such energy to eject electrons. This process is called ion ionization. Fast moving ions can escape the sun's gravitational attraction. Moving outward at hundreds of kilometers per second, these positive and negative charges travel to the farther, farthest reaches of the solar system. They are called the solar wind. The sun produces a lot of light every second and it has been doing that for billions of years. How does it or any other star produce so much energy for so long? This section will cover how stars produce their energy. Astronomers have known for a long time that the sun produces a tremendous amount of energy. It puts out a lot of energy every second. How much? The answer from our measurements is 4 into 1026 watts. Such a large number is beyond most of our comprehension. So let's put the sun's total energy output, that is its luminosity, in more familiar units. It is equal to 8 into 1016 of the largest power plants, nuclear or hydroelectric, on the earth. Our largest power plants now can produce around 5000 megawatts of power. Another way to look at this is that the sun puts out every second the same amount of energy as 2.5 into 109 of those large power plants would put out every year. That is over 2 billion. Nuclear power is the only thing left to power the sun for so long as it has been shining. There are two types possible, fusion and fission. They both transform the nucleus of an atom into another type 
types of nucleus. Fission produces energy by breaking up massive nuclei like uranium into less massive nuclei like helium and lead. Fusion produces energy by fusing together light nuclei like hydrogen to make more massive nuclei like helium. Atomic power plants and the atom bomb use fission to get the energy. Stars and hydrogen bombs use fusion. Friends, this is all we had to talk about the brightest star in our solar system. Hope you have enjoyed the discussion and we eagerly wait for your comments, your views, suggestions, queries and ideas. Our postal address is Vigyan Prasad, C24, Kutub Institutional Area, New Delhi, 11. 0016. Now it's time for us to say goodbye. Have a nice time and we hope you will listen to our next program that would be produced by Vigyan Prasar. Namaskar. Research Mridula Balakrishnan Script Poonam Srivastav and Mridula Balakrishnan Production Assistance Priya Natarajan and Mridula Balakrishnan, voiceover artist Paranjay Guhathakurta and Rupa Mitra, recording, editing and mixing Sadan Lal Mehta, program coordinator Dr. T. V. Venkateswaran.